This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Our program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. And now, here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello, Jim. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being with us today. And Bridget, being Catholic Radio, we always like to start things off with a prayer. So if you would join me here in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for the precious gifts of life and health. Thank you for my family and my friends and my faith in you. Thank you that we live in the United States of America. Please bless and protect each member of my family and protect us from all harm and serious illness, from bullying, addiction, abuse, and violence of all kinds. And through the cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, please one day welcome each of us into your holy kingdom. Amen. 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 Did you want to mention the um, golf Golf outing? outing. It is coming right up. And uh, today, as we're recording this program, it happens to be a very nice day. And uh, uh, people who have been with us for a number of our golf outings know that we've had everything from kind of rainy and kind of nasty to kind of hot and kind of sunny. But we pick early or actually later May. And this year's uh, outing is on May 23rd. And that is usually good weather. Normally, that is very good weather. It's going to be back at Plum Creek Golf Club again. Uh, we've moved it around to different clubs at different times, and that's everybody's favorite. So we are back there at uh, Plum Creek Golf Club, May 23rd. You'll find out more about it. You can register on Catholic Radio website, catholicradioindy.org. And I tell you what, whether you're golfing or not, go check it out. We have a brand new website. It's, uh, um, as we're recording this, not even a week old yet. So catholicradioindy.org. And up in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a little click to register for golf there, and you can get all set up. So catholicradioindy.org, golf outing, May 23rd at Plum Creek Golf Club. Well, it is the month of May, and I always think of the month of May as Mary's month. I do my little uh, May altar uh, with my family, and uh, my mom got me doing that. And that's going to be our topic today. We're going to be talking about the Virgin Mary and really about how famous Catholics loved and were changed by the Virgin Mary. And our guest today is Father Edward Looney. He is internationally recognized Marian theologian, speaker, and radio personality. And actually, you've got a... I think you've got a podcast, too. So welcome to Faith in Action, Father Ed. Well, great to be with you, and I always love talking about the woman I love, the Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> well, you know, it, it seems like a lot of the priests that we know here in the Indianapolis metro area um, are very Marian. I mean, I guess a lot of the priests are, but um, tell us a little bit about your background. You're from the Green Bay Diocese, is that right? That is correct, yeah. So I was born, raised, grew up in, ordained for the Diocese of Green Bay as a priest back in 2015. And, of course, Green Bay, this diocese has very special recognition in the fact that Mary appeared here back in 1859 in a little village called Champion, Wisconsin. And that message was approved back in 2010 by the local bishop, and it's really become a hot spot for pilgrimage. And so Maybe people from Indianapolis want to make a little pilgrimage up here to the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Health and uh, pray there at that Marian apparition site, because, you know, we don't really have to go across the pond. We don't have to go to Lourdes or Fatima. 
we can come right here to champion uh, among the cows in the countryside uh, <laughs> in rural Wisconsin. So, I, I used but, to, uh, you know, oh, no, I used to live in Wisconsin, and I have to say, I've never heard of Champion, Wisconsin. Where, whereabouts is it? Yeah, it's just about twenty minutes from Green Bay. Okay. Wow. Well, now we have a, we have a new uh, pilgrimage destination site. We learn something new here on Catholic Radio all the time. Well, I want to ask you about your vocation story. Uh, you are you are a very young priest, and and God bless you for saying yes. But I want to hear how you came into the priesthood. Yeah, actually, I think you could really credit it to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, just uh, I always had this great love and devotion of the Blessed Mother and. A uh, kind of interesting aspect is that I, I don't come from your your traditional family in a sense. Like my mother and father separated before I was born. I lived with my grandmother because my mother lived with her. You know, so so very non traditional. Usually, when you think about a priest, they say, "Well, you know, I have seven brothers and sisters. We pray the rosary every day um, as we knelt down on the ground by in our living room or wherever the case might be." And so that wasn't the case at all. My mother was very nominally Catholic. It was my grandmother who was very devout, uh, watched EWTN. Mother Angelica was on in the living room a lot, you know. So uh, that was a great influence. Uh, began serving Mass uh, in fourth grade during the summers. And uh, there were people from the parish who would pray the rosary after Mass. So we would stay and pray the rosary then afterwards. Um, and then, really, there was this lady from my parish who planned pilgrimages uh, abroad, uh, to many different places in Europe, and her son was being ordained a priest, and she said, you should come along. And that was kind of a, a life-altering decision, in a sense, because um, I, I was thinking about priesthood. There was something on my mind. Uh, I had other thoughts of what I might want to do with my life, but um, while I was there, I was simply impressed by the faith of the people. You know, so many people go to places of Marian apparition, and they form lines for confession, they go to Mass, they pray the rosary, they form processions. You know, uh, it, it was very impressionable on me. I was 16 years old at the time. I come back home, and I uh, really had prayed there. I said, I really would like to see the faith like that here. And I learned about Champion, which is this Marian apparition. Uh, I had been there once before, maybe when I was 10 or something, on a church bus trip with my grandma. But when on went drove myself to the shrine on August fifteenth, and there were like three thousand people there. So I said, "Well, this is kind of like what I experienced abroad." And uh, the idea of priesthood was still there. Went to the seminary, had a terrible experience. Left the seminary actually. Didn't think I would be a priest. Thought I would go into television or radio, politics, whatever. Um, that was kind of my other forte was was communications and politics. And uh, but the Lord still kept calling. Um, and, uh, and yeah, eventually ended up back in the seminary. And, and I went on another little Marian pilgrimage that I would say was uh, another aspect that encouraged us. So, so Mary and devotion to Mary and Marian pilgrimage, all essential to my story. That's really awesome. I love, I love hearing stories like that and how people get to the priesthood. And, and, and so God bless you. Thank you for saying yes. We, we need great priests. Um, I want to ask you, we're talking with Father Edward Looney. He is a priest, author, speaker, podcaster, and radio personality. And um, we're going to talk about your new book. It's called How They Loved Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. Um, Tell us about the book. Give us maybe a little bit of an overview of that. 
Yeah, happy to do so. So uh, I actually started a podcast back, I think it was in 2019. I'd have to go back and check the dates, but I was very irregular in the beginning, but I called it How They Love Mary. And uh, that was kind of the idea was, well, I'll start a podcast. I think I want to write a book one day. And so it'll all kind of just lead to, you know, branding or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. people call it these mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. So that was the intention. And what, what happened, what I noticed in my life was that I had done a lot of academic writing for different journals. And, and I, I had reflected about these different figures of Catholicism. And they were published in academic journals. And I came to this realization one day that nobody was reading them. I said, yeah. well, it would be nice to repurpose them and to write them for a mainstream audience so that they're just not in the uh, annals of a journal, but that actually they're in the hands of people and touching lives. And so uh, that's really how the idea for how the how they love Mary came about. I I, I uh, pitched the book idea to several different publishers for years, and it finally took uh, one of them. So um, I, I was very grateful for it because. Uh, I notice in my own life that I, as I've encountered different thinkers and I've read their writings, they've had an impact on me. And so it's kind of a little bit memoirish, you could say, in the sense that um, maybe the first paragraph of each lesson that I give is kind of just my connection. How did I encounter this person? How did I encounter, find their spiritual writings and such? And then, you know, introduce the people to that person. And then you know, to their Marian thoughts or how Mary played a role in their life. And that's really what people can expect then. So 28 different stories. These are saints. These are holy men and women, people that aren't saints yet, but maybe they should be saints one day. So that's kind of a little bit about how they love Mary. And then, you know, as we learn about how some of these great people love the Blessed Mother, well, then the goal is, is, well, how can I love Mary in a similar way? And so there's little action items or suggestions to say, well, this is how I could put Marian devotion into practice in my own life. Mm -hmm. Now, you uh, touched on it there. I was going to ask you uh, 28 life-changing stories that revolve around Our Lady. Are they uh, contemporary stories of people who are still alive today, or are they all old um, saints hundreds of years back? Or are some of them current? What is the distribution there? Yeah, so actually there's only one person, to my knowledge, that's still alive that I feature in the book, and that is our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Uh, But there are some contemporary people as well. You know, there was this woman uh, spiritual leader uh, named Chiara Lubick. She founded the Focolari Movement. And so, you know, she died in the early 2000s, so very contemporary uh, but yeah, the, mostly they're, they're saints, uh, that, that I feature and then other holy men and women along the way, uh, that, that I've met, uh, in their writings or in my studies. So, you know, so we get as old as, you know, maybe St. Thomas Aquinas or St. Bernard of Clairvaux, uh, St. Damien of Molokai, uh, is one that I include. So, so there's kind of a whole range. Of course, there's men and women saints, uh, as well that are featured in the text. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you before we get to the break is um, you studied uh, Marian theology. Uh, Obviously, talk about what that means. I mean, I kind of have a sense of what that is, but what does that mean? Yeah, so um, the the discipline is called Mariology. Sometimes I call myself a Marian theologian only because I don't have a degree in Mariology itself, but 
in my study of theology, I've catered it to the Blessed Virgin Mary, a lot of research, writing, etc. So that's why I personally make that distinction, because I don't feel right calling myself a Mariologist, but people uh, like calling me that. So anyways, uh, the, the discipline of Mariology or Marian theology is just the study of the person of the Blessed Mother. And we have lots of apparitions of Our Lady. People think that's all a Mariologist or a Marian theologian talks about or would study, but there's so much more. And I think How They Love Mary, the book, brings that out in the sense of we're looking at different people and their thought and what influenced them about the Blessed Mother. And so you see that it's just not apparitions. You see that there's doctrine. You see there's scripture. Um, there's so many aspects uh, to the discipline that really I say that Mariology touches so many different disciplines in theology. So you have dogmatic theology and moral theology and systematics, and, and this is convoluted technical language, but but you really study Mary in the context of each one of those, Christology, for example, um, her relationship to Jesus and such. So um, that's a little bit about what Mariology is. Well, I'm really, uh, we need to take a break here, but I'm really excited to get to the second half to talk about really the practical applications that you really bring out that these saints all experienced and how Mary helped um, helped them be a better Catholic and, and really to really get themselves to holiness. So um, stay tuned for more Faith in Action. We'll talk more with Father Ed Looney about how they love Mary, 28 life-changing stories of devotion to Our Lady. So stay tuned for more. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. Across America, there are quiet heroes changing lives every day. When disaster strikes, they lend support. They give hope to those in need, warmth to the cold, and help to those society ignores. Over the past decade, they have given more than $1.5 billion and 700 million hours to charity. When it comes to making a difference, the Knights of Columbus are on the front lines. Become a Knight and be the difference. Learn more at kofc.org. Catholic Radio Indy has a new look. It's our website. Yes, we have a new website that makes everything about Catholic Radio Indy easier. It's clean, straightforward, and simple to use. You can listen to us live, see our schedule, and our map. You can even silence your phone and take it right into Mass to follow the daily readings. And don't forget, you can get all of our programming through the podcast tab. This makes everything so much easier. So just go to catholicradioindy.org and check us out. Helps me feel closer to God each day. It helps me stay grounded in my faith and just keeps me going. Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Eyre. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we are talking with our guest, Father Edward Looney. He is a priest, author, speaker, podcaster, radio personality. The list goes on and on, and you uh, have a new book. It's called How They Loved Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. And Jim had a question over the break. Well, uh, you are an expert, I guess you could say, in the uh, field of Mary and how Mary relates to the Catholic Church and things. And a, a question that, I don't know, is fairly new to me. I mean, uh, maybe eight or ten years old to me. Maybe it's older than that. Mary has a lot of titles. In fact, we have litanies to the Blessed Virgin. And one title that seems to be causing a lot of controversy, some people really like it and are really for it, other people think 
Uh, no, that, that maybe that's going too far. And that is Mary co-redemptress. What are, what are your thoughts on co-redemptress? Yeah, so this is actually, there's a little movement, you know, to make this uh, the fifth Marian dogma. And um, so Dr. Mark Mervalli is, is one of the big proponents of that. And typically they lump three things together. They say Mary is co-redemptrix, as mediatrix of grace, and as our advocate. And, and really the idea of Mary as co-redeemer, so... Um, that she participated in the act of redemption. It's really, I would say, an unfortunate use of words, right? Because when we use the word co, we seem to think that we're making equal to the Redeemer. And that's really not uh, what we're trying to say when we say co-redemption. And it's really something that goes back all the way to the early Church, as Mary is the new Eve. Uh, Irenaeus of Lyon writes about this, uh, Mary untying the knot of Eve's disobedience. And so we see this cooperation then that Mary has, and then she suffers with the Savior. So, um, so she participates in the act of redemption in a few different ways, by being present at Calvary, but also by the very fact that she gave us the Redeemer, that she said yes at the Annunciation, that the Incarnation came through her, while redemption has been won for us by her yes. And that's why, from the very moment of her life, from when she was conceived in the womb of St. Anne, that she was claimed for God, and that she was the immaculate conception, that she was spared of this. So, um, interestingly enough, on, on my podcast, How They Love Mary, on uh, the Monday after Easter, just a few weeks ago, I had an episode with Monsignor Arthur Culkins. We were talking about kind of an obscure, not-approved apparition of the Blessed Mother uh, that took place in the United States, but that he's a defender of, and one of the questions was about this idea of co-redemption. And so we, he talked a lot, you know, maybe you could say ad nauseum, uh, about co-redemption. So, so he's really a good expert, uh, and so I would encourage people to check out that episode of mine uh, in which he really details it. But um, I think a better word is cooperator, that she's the associate of the Redeemer, but it's something that's in the tradition, and many of the saints have talked about for, for centuries. You mentioned saints, and I want to get into a lot of the big names in our church that um, you know have dealt with various trials or, overca- or, or overcame them through um, Mary's help and intercession. And I know one that you wanted to talk about was, um, I think, is it Blessed Solanus Casey? Yeah, you know, Blessed Solanus is a good holy friend of mine that <laughs> uh, I kind of, you know, when he was beatified back in 2017, uh, wanted to get to know him again. This was one of the one of the people that I researched. I wrote something about, published it in, in a little publication. And I said, I don't know if I had a far enough reach. Let's rewrite this. And uh, that was, you know, he was one of the inspirations for the book, How They Love Mary. And what happened was he was being beatified. I said, Well, I want to know if he had a Marian devotion. So I read a biography about him. Was very impressed by it. Discovered his Marian devotion in that. And uh, but one of the things that really touched me. Uh, in his life was that he was hospitalized, he was maybe going to have his leg amputated, uh, and I resonated with that because my mother uh, was a severe diabetic. She uh, had many toes amputated, and they were probably going to amputate her leg next. And so back in 2017, I read about Solanus Casey and how he was going to have his leg amputated, but then the next morning they decided not to do it and kept it for the rest of his life. I, I said, he's going to pray for my mother. And so I, I began praying every day, asking Solanus Casey to 
to, you know, allow some sort of healing grace for my mother so that she would never have her leg amputated. Now, the other aspect about Solanus Casey is that he would recommend to people to read The Mystical City of God, this book that was written back in the 1600s by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. And it's four volumes, 2,500 pages. And when people would come, Solanus Casey was the porter at the monastery. People would come and say, Father Solanus, will you pray? Will you give counsel? He would give counsel. He'd say, pray. He would pray with them. And then he'd say, I'm giving you this book, and I want you to start reading from it. And it would be the mystical city of God. He'd give them a volume. And then what would happen is sometimes the people wouldn't read it. <laughs> and they'd come back and say, so-and-so isn't getting better. And Father Solanus would say, well, did they read from, did you read from the mystical city of God? And inevitably they would say no. So he was a big devotee of this biography of the Blessed Mother. He read it four times in his life. He, could, he had it read to him on his deathbed. He was able to recite lines from it. And uh, so what I would do then is I prayed to Solanus for my mother, and then I would begin reading a paragraph or a page of the mystical city of God. Now, she died only a few months later, uh, but her leg was never amputated. So I took that as an answered prayer. And uh, just this year, I said, you know what? I owe it to Solanus Casey to spread devotion to Maria Vagrida. I owe it to Maria Vagrida to read the mystical city of God. And so I kind of took a page from Father Michael Schmidt or Father mm -hmm. Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers, and I said, I'm going to read this every day as a podcast. I'm sure other people out there have tried reading it, and they just weren't able to. And, you know, it's been a beautiful study that I started this year with, uh, you know, over 500 people joining me every day uh, for it. So, you know, it's not the masses like the Bible in a year, but you have to be very interested in something in order to follow it along uh, in such a dense work. So um, I think, you know, for me, that's a form of Marian devotion that I've taken this year then. I think for everybody, their devotion to Mary can look different um, from year to year. Maybe I'm devoted to the seven sorrows one year because I'm going through a lot of sorrowful things in my life, and then the next year, maybe I, I'm devoted to Mary in a different way. So, so for me, spiritual reading in this biography is one way that is, is my Marian devotion of 2022. Well, when I was preparing for this, I took a look at that, and I, I a couple things you're doing, I was like taking notes, and it's like I'd never heard of this book, so I'm like all excited that I came across this and and and, and met you actually in, in in this work. But I want to I want to ask about Mother Angelica. Um, what were some of her um, encounters with Mary, or how was she impacted by Our Lady? Yeah, she had different aspects of Marian devotion, and one of the things I do uh, in the book, uh, how they love Mary, is that. Basically, I try to summarize the lesson that I, I'm trying to give. So, mm -hmm. so for Mother Angelica, Mary knows our suffering. If you think about Mother Angelica, and especially the end of her life, well, she really did know suffering. And it's interesting that, at, you know, we think of some of these people who are dedicated to Mary at the altar of Our Lady at their baptism. She was dedicated at the altar of Our Lady of Sorrows, and then she knew so many sorrows in her life. Um, and then, you know, just her family situation was very sorrowful. Her father really wasn't in the picture, um, things of that nature. But uh, to speak about her Marian devotion, what I was really impressed by was kind of her openness to different mystics. So one of them actually has a cause for sainthood, Rhonda Weiss, uh, Rhoda Weiss. Uh, I, I, one of those two uh, was what, an individual that greatly influenced uh, Mother Angelica, but then, as she was running the network, 
uh, she had some Italian mystic who was having visions or whatever come to the, the network. Kind of this woman came unannounced, but she said, I want to pray with Mother Angelica. And she was having this crippling back pain that she could barely walk, barely move. And uh, so this mystic was praying the rosary with her. And in the middle of the rosary, Mother Angelica experiences a complete healing and is able to walk uh, normally. So um, you have that. Uh, so you see Mary's role that way. Uh, and then she was a person of pilgrimage. Uh, at the very end of her life, she went to Lourdes, and she had a burning desire in her heart to go to Japan, of all places, to go to this apparition site of Our Lady of Akita. And so she was one who went on pilgrimage as well. So those are kind of some of the hallmarks uh, of Mother Angelica's Marian devotion. Now, uh, especially for the benefit of our non-Catholic listeners, and, and we do have non-Catholic listeners here on Catholic Radio, can you explain the difference uh, between praying to Mary and praying through Mary? In, in less yeah, than th- so, in less than three, and, and we only have a couple in less than three left. minutes. <laughs> oh yes, happily. So uh, you know, we we make these distinctions in language, like adoration belongs to God. We venerate the Blessed Mother, and so so we have adoration or worship, and then we have hyperdulia and dulia. That's how we distinguish between our our level of saints and, and things like that. Mary is hyperdulia. So, anyways. Uh, I always like to say that we pray with Mary, that Mary joins us in our prayers. So uh, when we bring a petition to Mary, what's she going to do in eternity? Well, she's going to lay it at the feet of her son Jesus, just as she did at the wedding feast at Cana. She knows the need of the couple, the wine had run empty, and so she brings that to Jesus. She's going to do the same for us uh, from her place in heaven, assumed body and soul. So um, she sees our needs, she prays for us, and we ask her prayers, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. So as she enjoys the beatific vision, well, we ask her to pray for us there before God so that one day we too might have that same experience. I think this is drawn out in one of the Marian apparitions in Champion. Uh, Mary said, I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. I wish you to do the same. So she wants us to pray with her. Uh, we just have a couple minutes left. Um, you mentioned uh, Bishop Sheen, and there's just some great saints in here, uh, St. Faustina, Padre Pio, they all had um, great um, experiences of Mary. Uh, before, we, before we go, I do want you to um, give us how people can get a copy of the book. Yeah, so it's published by Sophia Institute Press, so you can buy it directly from them. You know, I always encourage people, find your local Catholic bookstore. It's great to help them keep their lights on. Uh, they provide a great service that you can go there on demand and get something. So you don't have to wait two days for shipping. So, But wherever you get your books, that's where you can get How They Love Mary. Before we go, it's called How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. You can get that at SophiaInstitutePress.com. And before we go, would you give us our us and our audience a blessing? Yeah, so through the intercession of Our Lady, who prays for us today and always, may we receive many graces through her hands. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father Ed Looney, for being our guest today, and God bless you so much. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how everyday people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. This program is underwritten in part by the Indiana State Knights of Columbus. If you have suggestions for topics or guests for this program, contact Bridget 
at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call us at 317-870-8400.